Well, dear church family, today we'll be considering Christ's parable which he preached on the Sermon on the Mount in regards to having the right foundation in life. Having the right foundation in life, whether that be a rock, an unmovable, sure, lasting foundation, or whether to build our lives upon the sand, a shifting, moving, temporary foundation. What is your foundation in life, dear friends? What's my foundation in life? What are you building your life upon? What are you building your hopes upon? What are you building your plans and your ambitions upon in life, your heart's desires and your dreams upon? What am I building my life upon? Well, according to Christ's words in today's parable, there are only two foundations in life, just two foundations in life when you put it into perspective. There's a good foundation, which is a solid and a lasting foundation for our never dying souls. And there's a bad foundation, which is a temporary foundation, which is a foundation that will see our eternal ruin. The good foundation is despised by most, is it not? Because of its straightness and because of its cost and because of course, it's a lasting foundation. It's a truthful foundation. The bad foundation, of course, is loved by most because, of course, of its broadness. It's incredibly accommodating. You see, it's cheap and nasty. It's made out of awful uh, materials. You see, it's accommodating. It will not last, this bad foundation. Christ in today's parable really gives us the characteristics of the two types of builders we see of these foundations, what these builders are likened to. We see here, dear friends, concerning the wise builder and the foolish builder, what these builders are likened to. One is, uh, one is likened to a wise man and the other a foolish man. The Lord says in this parable, verses 24 through 27 of Matthew chapter 7, Therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken unto him a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Friends, in order to have a foundation for a house, just we see at the moment in, a, in, a, in our lives, in order to have a foundation for a, a house, it is incredibly important, isn't it, to have a right foundation. And really, not having a proper foundation, if you were to build a house, uh, it would be ruinous 
to your life and that of others. We must have a proper foundation for a house. And dear friends, back in those days, builders, of course, would have to, in that arid country, would have to dig deep and they would have to found, found, would have had to found their house upon something unmovable, like a cornerstone or a rock. And so their house would be dug deep and they would have had built their house upon a giant cornerstone, upon a rock. And so that when the winds and the storms of life come, and, and in that country, of course, you would have had flash floods occasionally, or think of Job and his children. The four corners of the wind smote their house and they all lost their lives. Um, and so we know that these things can come suddenly upon you. If you don't have the right foundation... Of course, very quickly, it can end in complete ruin, can't it? And so, the builders have got to, as in with our day, they've got to dig deep. And we think about what builders do in our days. They will, uh, they will dig a foundational patch of land, they'll pour cement into it, they'll put iron rods into it, and they'll do all these things. There must be a solid, unmovable foundation to build your house upon. And because if you just build it upon the ground, the sand, it's going to shift. It's going to move. And it's going to come to ruin. It may look wonderful outwardly, but over time, that house, friends, is going to come to absolute ruin. And you and I would not hire a builder to, to, to lay a foundation that is on sand. If we were to hire a builder of our house, we would make sure that they were going to build a proper, solid, lasting foundation. And yet how many of us and how many souls nowadays do not think about the foundation for their never dying souls, for their eternal souls? And this is really what the Lord Jesus is speaking about in this parable today. You see, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, uses timeless parables, very simple, even for a little child to understand, which are true. We know these things are true, but they relay to us a heavenly truth as well, a truth about our eternal souls that we must get right. A, a simple, timeless parable about earthly truths to relay to us the importance of eternal heavenly truths, which we must prioritize and we must get right. The house described here, of course, is the soul of a man. It's the soul of a man. And of course, that which makes up the church of Jesus Christ are the souls of men and women and children that make up the true churches of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3.16, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? You are the temple of God. Your soul, in other words, not your flesh. Your flesh is going to die. Your soul, that is the house, as it were, of God. We are to worship God. God has given us our eternal souls to worship him with. What are you doing with the temple, the house of your soul, friends? Are you abusing it? Are you cleaning it? Have you defaulted as it were? Have you built upon the right foundation in life? And sometimes you hear those fitness fanatics 
don't you? They say, they say, and I've heard it so many times, your body is your temple. Your body is your temple. And what they're talking about is their outward, their flesh. Your body is your temple. You, you know, you must keep your, yourself fit and, and exercise. And of course, there's nothing wrong with, with doing exercise. But if you obsess about these things and your body is your temple, in so much that you idolize your outward body and your health and all these things, at the neglect of your never-dying soul, well, friends, then you're in great trouble. Now, friends, what is the house of your soul's foundation, your eternal foundation? Do you have a temporary foundation in life? Are you building upon a temporary foundation, or are you building upon an eternal foundation, that which is going to last, that which, that which will last forever. Well, in today's parable, we see both builders will have storms in life, both of them, both wise and foolish builders. Storms will come. It says, and the rain descended and the floods came down and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not. And the same for the foolish builder. But that house fell. You see, the same storms, the same floods, the same strong winds will hit all sorts of people. But there will be one house that remains unmoved and there will be another house which will completely be ruined. And that for eternity. The house of the soul. And so we see, dear friends, both builders will have these storms in life. They will hit them, the house of their souls. Circumstances will come to prove and to try what we're building our lives upon. That's why we, we have a picture here of the rains and the wind, that which comes from the heavens, from God. God will prove every man's work whether it is founded upon a true, lasting foundation or not. These storms in life will prove what foundation your life is built upon and what foundation my life is built upon. And God will be sure, like Joseph's brethren, to prove and test and to discover with all of us whether we have a true anchor for our souls. A true cornerstone for our souls. A sure, lasting foundation in life. And as with any house's foundation, what, what are the telling signs of serious foundational problems? Because there are signs. There are serious signs that your foundation, there's a, pro a problem with your foundation. What are the serious signs? Well, as with a normal house... If it's got a bad foundation, there, there appears cracks that come on the exterior walls of a house. Large cracks start creeping up the house. And then they open up to these big gaps in the house. And you know really that you've got serious foundational issues when that starts to happen. Dear friends, you know we used to live about an hour from here, <laughs> um, right up very high up, about an hour away from the beach near Barnstable, but you could see, it was so high up, you could see the ocean. And of course, being that high up, when storms came past, they battered that house. We rented then a farmhouse, 
But that house was made by two French people over 400 years ago, and the walls were thick. It was on a solid foundation. The, the people who made and built that house made sure to make it to last a long, long time. Over 400 years, that house was there, and it stood firm. But you know, just up the road from where we lived, just within walking distance, there was another house, not, not nowhere near as old as that house. And yet we saw this house, there was this giant crack, literally pulling apart the house. And that house had been completely abandoned, of course, because its foundation. You see, the people who built that foundation did not think of the long term, that water can seep in, that the winds can, the silentness of those things can get in, the humidity, and can so ruin and destroy that foundation. Friends, many people are doing this with their souls today. You see, when you're young, dear friends, you, you, you think, you, you, we, we tend, when we're young, we tend not to think of these foundational issues of life. We tend not to think of the grand purposes in life. Why am I here? What's the purpose of my life? What's going to happen when I die? We tend to put these things off. We're drawn away when we're young into the many broken systems of this world, the many vanities of this world. And they become our foundational issues in life. We put our trust in our fitness and in our health, in our beauty, in our, in our careers, in our pleasures. And we see young people now living for the weekend, as it were, in our drink binge culture. And in money and all these things. We put our trust in these foundational things, these temporary things. And that's our foundation. And we see many people in their younger years in particular, they give their hearts to these Hollywood ideals. And yet, over time, the cracks start appearing, don't they? The gaps start getting bigger. And suddenly, sudden illness comes upon, or injury, or wrinkles, or grey hairs. I mean, I'm getting enough of them. And they start coming more and more and more. And what they do, oh, I've got to go get a manicure every week. I've got to go to the salon and, and make sure I look 21. Always, I've got to give myself to fashion and make sure I'm always wearing the latest fashion. And so I've got to fill in these cracks, as it were. I'm, I'm getting people to fill in these cracks, as it were. But it's, it's pointless, dear friends, because the foundation is rotten. It's a, it's a bad foundation, you see, friends. And you see the sadness. You see people in life trying to do that over and over again. And the, the problem is, is it's all going to come to ruin. Great shall be that fall. People are just trying to cover up, as it were, these foundational issues that they're living for the wrong the reasons. They're putting their trust in temporary things. Friends, there are more telling signs of serious, serious problems, foundational issues in a house, a house's foundations. Sometimes within a house, you can see when a door frame or a window frame, it starts to separate, doesn't it? I don't know if you see some of these old houses. You see this starts to skew, doesn't it? And, and the door frame and the window frames, they start to separate from the brickwork of, of a house. And of course, that can be down to bad 
foundation and bad maintenance of that foundation as well. And friends, this can be likened to how many people today, they put their trust, they make other people and even loved ones their foundation. I mean, these are good things, don't get me wrong. Family and loved ones, these are good gifts of God. But these things, dear friends, over time, they're going to be separated. Like those door frames, like those window frames. The storms of life, when they come, we're going to see bereavement in our family. We're going to see sickness in our family. We're going to see broken relationships and heart, heartaches. Over time, dear friends, if we're putting our trust in these temporary foundations, well, it's just going to separate. The, 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 the door frames, the window frames, it's just going to pull apart. Because the foundation is a wrong foundation. It's a bad foundation, friends. And there there are more telling signs, friends, of a house's bad foundation. There can be rotten beams and rotten wood and framework, dear friends. That can be affected by seeping water. And over time, silently, you won't notice it, but it gets in. And it can get into the basement, it can get into the roof, and it can so, without you even knowing it for years, it can start to rot those foundational beams and the structural work. And friends, isn't this very telling of false religion? Of false religion. It can be like that. The structure can be very impressive from the outside. It can be this grand structure and you think, wow, look at that. But within, dear friends, it can be full of rottenness. It can be ready to to collapse, dear friends, because it's not on the right foundation. It can be like a whited sepulchre, but with dead man's bones inside, as it were. False religion can be like that. Any religion, dear friends, including apostate forms of Christianity, that puts an emphasis upon man's works over that of Christ's finished work on the cross dear friends that's a rotten foundation it's a rotten one it's one that's going to collapse in the end people say lord lord i've done all these things in your name i've prophesied i've cast out devils in your name it's a rotten foundation not putting your trust in christ's finished work on the cross and his revealed word That's a rotten one, friends. Oh, it may look impressive. Oh, you have all these YouTube videos. Oh, they look, oh, all these people. But it's a rotten one. It's a rotten foundation. If you're not putting your trust in Christ's righteousness alone and his finished work on the cross, dear friends, and that alone by faith, it's a rotten foundation. It's all going to come tumbling down. And great will be the fall. The rock. The rock of ages, which the wise man built his life upon, is the only true lasting foundation because it's built upon Christ, the Son of God, and his righteousness alone. The free gift of his salvation, his words, his gospel, not men's. You see, Christ is the only one qualified enough to be our foundation because he is the only one who has kept the law of God perfectly if Christ was to break one of the commandments over his 33 years 
in, when he lived here, according to all the Old Testament prophets, if he was to commit one sin, that would immediately disqualify him for being our saviour. But he didn't. He perfectly kept the law, being qualified to redeem us of the consequences of the law, our law-breaking, our sin. We see we need someone who's not only going to honour God and obey the law perfectly, but we need someone that's always going to do that which is righteous, all the time, every minute of every day. And the Son of God did exactly that. He came and lived a perfect life. He was hated and despised, and yet he was punished on that cruel cross of Calvary for not some of our sins, but for every single sin, past, present and future, of all those who would look outside of themselves to a foundation far greater than themselves, who are, who's qualified to do so, to look to Christ alone for a true, eternal, uncorruptible inheritance and foundation. We've got to look to him alone. We've got to look outside of our, our own phony efforts and fake efforts to him to be saved. We must look to the rock, dear friends. Christ is this unmovable rock. He's the one who can only forgive our sins. He's the one that can satisfy God's divine justice upon sin. He's the only one that's given his life out of love for needy sinners like you and me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Believe in him and you will have everlasting life. By faith, you put your hands upon that foundation, that incorruptible foundation, you will have everlasting life. And it can happen today. If you turn from the, the temporary foundations of this world, the passing vanities of this world, stop making them your foundation and look outside of yourself to Christ, to his salvation alone, and you put all your trust in that and you mean it from your heart, you cry unto him and he promises he will save you. And then your house, the house of your soul, will be built upon a rock. A lasting foundation, an eternal foundation, a foundation for your soul. This is what the Lord is saying here. And what was the price that God was willing to pay for you to have a true lasting foundation? What's the price? What's the price of this foundation? It was incredibly costly, wasn't it? God the Father gave his only begotten Son to be a sacrifice, a, a propitiation for our sins, an atonement for our sins. Imagine that. God, the Father, who from eternity past spent this wonderful, blessed communion and joy with his Son, and yet he was willing to be separated from his own son. He was willing to have his heart broken for you. He was, Christ was willing to become sin who knew no sin. You know, when I see a little baby girl or baby boy, it's like putting that little child in a filthy nightclub. And then the wickedness that goes on there, Christ, the Holy One, the Spotless One, was made sin. Who knew no sin. 
to reconcile us rebels back to God. He did that, friends. He suffered a life of rejection, being rejected and despised of men. He did that out of love for you and me. Because his love was set upon you. He did that, friends. His, those nails were nailed to his hands and his feet. Anguish. Do you, do you know, that, 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 that was the most cruelest type of punishment, to be pegged to a cross, a cursed tree. And then when that was to be put into the socket and carried there, the shudders of pain reverberated around your whole body. It was so wicked and cruel. But you know, there's something more painful than that, that Christ had to undergo. That's why the whole world went dark during those hours. Because when he was on that cross, the full wrath and anger of a God that hates sin and must punish sin was poured upon his own son. And it was poured upon his own son, not because of his iniquities and his sins, it was done for you. It was done for every single sin that you've ever committed in your life. Complete atonement. Complete forgiveness. Past, present and future. The Lord Jesus Christ said it was finished. The complete work of salvation was done on that cross. And any poor wretched sinner that looks to Christ and pleads, I am trusting like the thief upon the cross, that you are the son of the living God. Remember me. I don't deserve your salvation, Lord. I don't deserve to be saved. I'm a wretched, hell-deserving sinner. You've showed me my heart. You've showed me my neglect. Have mercy upon me. Remember me. And I'll tell you something. Any poor sinner that comes to Christ in that way, use your own words, any person that comes to Christ that way and says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Remember me. I don't deserve your salvation, but I need your mercy. I need a new foundation. I need a new heart. If you come that way, dear friends, pleading for his righteousness, pleading for his finished work to save you, he promises he will save you, dear friends, and he will give you his righteousness. You put your hands upon Christ by faith, the, the spotless Lamb of God, and he will give you his righteousness. And, and he will remember your sins no more. All those things you've done in your life, those sins, that vileness, they will be remembered no more. When he looks, God the Father looks upon you, and you're, if you're believing in Christ, he doesn't see your failures, your, all the things you've done in your life. He sees the imputed righteousness of his beloved Son, I don't see those things anymore in your life. I see the righteousness of my son. And I am well pleased in you because of that. Oh, friends, what a blessing this is. That it cost, what it costs God. But what will it cost you? What will it cost you to have such a foundation in life? Well, friends, the truth of the gospel is, is it won't cost you a penny. You can come by for free because salvation is a free gift of God not of works lest man should boast but there are terms attached and the terms are this that you must come with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with everything you have 
And you must turn from the foundations, the temporary foundations of, the, of this world. And you must put your trust in the one eternal rock and salvation for your soul. You must forsake sin. A life for a life. Christ's perfect, holy life for our wretched, sin-rent lives. It's not no comparison, is it, dear friends? It's free, it's full, it's lasting. But you must turn. And you must live. The fact of the matter is, friends, is that we can all get it wrong in life. We can all miss the bullseye of obedience, dear friends, and we all do get it wrong in life. All our righteousness is as filthy rags in God's sight. Even when we we do that which is right, sometimes we do it for vain purposes. They're They're like filthy rags in God's sight. We all get it wrong. We all miss the bullseye of obedience, friends. The house of our souls has, have all suffered decay and cracks and separation from God and disintegration and face potential eternal ruin by nature. This is all of us because we're all, we're all born with a sinful heart, a desperately wicked heart. We're born in sin like the psalmist put it. Friends, we need to be born again. We need a new spirit put within us. We need a new heart to love God with. We need to be remade again in Christ, in the rock, don't we? And we have that beautiful picture in Jeremiah, don't we? Jeremiah 18, where Jeremiah has has called as a prophet to speak to the children of Israel. He's got a message from God, a message of love from God for Israel. And this time he's told not to... He's not, he, hasn't, he hasn't been given the words. God wants to first visualize to Jeremiah what he is to say to the children of Israel. So he says, Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house and there I'll reveal to you what you are to say to the children of Israel. Jeremiah goes down to the potter's house and he's there. He's, he's looking at this potter. The potter's there. The potter's making this wonderful vessel in his hands. And there's a problem with this vessel. The, 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 it's marred. It's, it's, this vessel in, in the potter's hands is becoming unruly, unmoldable, unshapeable, as it were. You see, there's not enough water in this vessel. It's becoming stiff and hardened, as it were. And, and the, the potter, this master craftsman, is applying the pressure. He knows exactly what he's doing. But the vessel, you see, it's not shaping, it's not molding how he wants to. It's being unruly you see in the vessel's the vessel's hand and so what the potter does is he crashes it all in and he remakes the vessel again this time and into a vessel of honor and and a light bulb came to to jeremiah it was from the lord he said said so go to the children and, and israel and and speak thus to them Cannot I do this unto you, saith the Lord? Can I, not, can I not remake you again? Can I not give you a new heart? Can I not remake you into a vessel of honour? You see, we all get it wrong. We're all in sin. We need to be born again. We need a new heart. We need to be remade again into a new man. And that new man is the rock, Christ you see, and when we're in Christ, there is true tears of repentance there. 
that makes us moldable, shapeable. We're born again of the Holy Spirit. A man must be born again, must be remade again. And it's true, friends. You've got to be born again. You've got to, you can't try to reform your life and do all these things. Yes, it's good to read your Bible. Yes, you must come to a Bible-believing church. But you must close with Christ. You must be born again. You must be remade again. And it can only truly happen when you forsake the foundations, the the phony, uh, flimsy, sinking foundations of this world and you put all of your cards on the table with Christ. You put it all upon him. All your burdens, all your concerns, your whole life, you cast upon the Saviour and he promises that he will save you. By his righteousness. by He will forgive you. Well, what a wonderful thing that God's grace is, dear friends, isn't it? Friends, if you would be likened to this wise builder, which the Lord Jesus spoke of in today's parable, you must look for an inheritance and a foundation which is incorruptible, which is undefiled, that fadeth not away, that's reserved in heaven for you. It's incorruptible. It's never going to fade away. You'll never lose your your salvation. You'll never, ever be cast off this foundation. You see, all the foundations of this world, they're going to crack. They're going to come to nothing. They're going to come to ruin. And great will be that ruin. But you you see, friends, if you put your trust in Christ, that incorruptible inheritance and foundation, it's never going to fade away. You've got a, a home in heaven to look forward to, to be with the Lord who loved you like no other. What a wonderful thing. But you must do this. You must do it. You must, by faith, put into action Christ's words. If you build your life on the ever-changing sinking sands of this world, your soul will come to eternal ruin, dear friends. Just like any house upon a bad foundation. Men's words, dear friends, are like sand. They will shift and they'll move and they'll fail you. Even the best of men, they can still let you down and they can still fail you. But the word of God, friends, the word of God, every promise, the covenant keeping the Lord, the faithful God, every promise he made, dear friends, has always come true. And that's true of us. If you put your hope and your trust in Christ and him alone, Dear friends, he will never, ever fail you. Christ is our rock. Christ is our fortress. He will never change, dear friends. He is always the same. His promises are always the same. He's not fickle like us. He won't let us down. He won't fail us. Friends, is your life built upon this rock? The rock of ages. Christ. Many millions of people over the years have put their trust in this rock. And are now with the Lord in glory. Will you today, friend, put your trust in Christ, the rock? Is your life built upon a rock, an unmovable foundation for your soul? You see, sadly, many people profess that they are Christians. And this is the sad reality of it. Many profess that they are Christians. But under closer inspection... There are serious signs of a temporary foundation, aren't there? Accepting of gay blessings, homosexual blessings, women, vicars, wives uh, tearing down their husbands, husbands 
not building up their wives, children dishonoring their parents, charismatic Christianity with all their bands and their fake new revelations and their visions, worldliness, sleeping around, fornication, casualness, the social gospel, no family devotion, no desire to be in a true Bible-believing church. These are, these are temporary foundations, aren't they? And many people, I'm not saying we can all fall, I'm saying many people, dear friends, professors, do not have a true foundation, a rock. They're not building their, their, their heart and their soul upon Christ. They're not listening to his words. Well, I'll just, if that church is doing it, I'll, I'll just go along with it. What about Christ and his words? Are you building your life upon him? Upon his words? This is not building one's life upon Christ. It's building upon man's shifting opinions of Christianity, where doctrine and practice are forever changing. Well, it's, doctrine is evolving, it's changing. We, it's open to interpretation. You, you know, Lee, grow up. It's the 21st century. Now I'm sorry. My hope is on nothing less than Jesus Christ's righteousness. I will always trust in his words and in, in, the, in the Holy Bible. And nothing will ever take me away from that because he has done it. The faith and that what he's done is a lasting faith. If it's of God, it will last, dear friends. Don't be swayed by, by people saying, it's 21st century. You can't believe in these things anymore. No, no, I'm sorry. God's word is forever settled in heaven. That's what's going to have the final court of appeal. Not men's shifting, sinking, failing words. Is your soul built upon Christ and his words alone? Justification by faith in Christ alone and his righteousness is your home built upon Christ are you are you what they call a one a week Christian come to church once a week come wear the clothes do the what I call the flatitudes but then the rest of the week you're as worldly as can be no time with the Lord no quiet time no crying to the Lord no depending upon the Lord no uh going to the Bible and prayerfully seeking God's guidance and directing in your life the living word, building your life upon his words in your life. No, no, just a one-a-week Christianity. That's not building your life upon Christ, friends. Building your life upon Christ, it's a life. A life for a life. And it's a great blessing and a privilege. It, it costs us, yes. It's free and full and lasting, but it will cost you. You must give up all the phony foundations of this world and make Christ your only true foundation. Is, is your church built upon Christ and his words? Of course, every church has their problems. But do you desire to belong to a true Bible-believing church? Many people you speak to nowadays just are not concerned about whether a church is built upon the word. Or I'll, I go there because the people are really nice. They're really nice people. They're really friendly and, you know, it's like a social club. Oh, yeah, but they, they allow homosexual blessings. Oh, yeah, but they have women vicars. Oh, yeah, but they, they have Catholic preach, uh, preachers come and preach. 
That's not built upon Christ. Friends, a true church is built upon Christ and his words. You see, if we're on Christ, we will we'll want to listen to his words, the good shepherd's words. Friends, well, may the Lord have mercy upon us all here, that we may be justified by faith alone, in Christ alone. We can all get it wrong. I've got it wrong. All Christians can have times of backsliding. But friends, let's go forward trusting in Christ alone, by his faith, by faith alone. And that will be to God's glory alone, and will be governed by the word of God alone. Amen. I